Hey everyone, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Today it is the 20th of November, 2022. And on today's show, we recap an electric weekend in the Big 12. TCU stays undefeated with some dramatics against Baylor. Texas rolls behind B. John Robinson. Kansas State is one win away from the Big 12 title. Texas Tech is going bowling. And also, Oklahoma rules Bedlam once again. That's all coming up on today's show. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Please subscribe to the channel. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LOBig12. If this is your first time on the channel, no, I did not normally sound like this. Um, there was no show on Friday, and I waited as long as I could today Folks, the weather in my neck of the woods on the East Coast has changed very, very rapidly. And when it does that, I sometimes fall victim. Uh, my vocal cords do. So uh, no show on Friday because I sounded worse than this. Waited as long as I could today because uh, I love doing these these reaction shows. I know you guys like them too. So waited about as long as I could to do this. Waited till 5 o'clock Eastern, 4 o'clock Central to do it. So I apologize if the voice is not as good, uh, as strong as it normally is. If it tails off towards the back end, I apologize. Doing the best I can. Wanted to make sure you guys had a show for reactions. And uh, react we will. Let's get to it. Once again, if you guys are new to the channel, do not normally sound like this. Um, normally everything sounds good. We're normally six days a week. So hopefully you guys will hear the recovery of my voice throughout the week. Uh, not TCU can win a playoff game. We know that they're, uh, you know, that's yet to be yet to be seen at this point. The story out of this Saturday, the frogs keep winning, uh, on a day that was filled with close calls for the top teams, right? Even Georgia won by 10 against a pretty down Kentucky team. We also saw Michigan get pushed to the brink by uh, Illinois, right? And Illinois is not some offensive juggernaut. They've actually been sputtering as of late, right? Ohio State didn't look good for large swaths of the game against Maryland, ultimately able to take the control. But still, you know, they gave up 17 fourth quarter points. So it wasn't like everything was ho-hum for them. Uh, Tennessee, not a close call there. They get smoked. Obviously, USC and UCLA in a really great game, Utah, Oregon, et cetera. You know, all of these were awesome. I would say USC, UCLA had the most firepower kind of back and forth, but the ending that TCU and Baylor delivered is maybe one of the more consequential things that we will see when it comes to the forward trajectory of the big 12, right. Uh, of, of what it means for this conference now and in the future. To see TCU up against the wall and down Kendra Miller, down Quentin Johnston, uh, and then I'm trying to think about who else. Oh, uh, yeah, so Kendra Miller, Quentin Johnston, and Darius Davis were all out of the game in that second half. To see them rally the way they did was, and really Max Duggan, the way he rallied the team, was so impressive for them to run that fire drill at the end of the game to get the, guy, the kicker on the field and able to make that kick. It was unbelievable. and. I, I, you know, silly me, I thought they were done. I thought at one point they were done. And the drop two-point conversion, I was thinking, man, Baylor's run the ball so effectively today. That could be the nail in the coffin for them. And and, and it wasn't. They are able to get that stop, able to make, make sure Shapen came up short, get the ball back. And Max Duggan 
was just so determined. And sure, USC being back will grab the storylines. Tennessee getting throttled is majorly important. And because that the TCU game was the first game of the day, it kind of gets lost in our memories, right? It's kind of not what we think of off the top of our heads. I mean, what a psychotic, unbelievably crazy, just out of your mind finish for a team that just can't seem to lose. Like, you know, that they, even if they try, they can't seem to lose. And look, I mentioned the injuries earlier. I know every single team's had injuries, but for TCU to suffer them in the course of a game on the road in that spot and for their quarterback, who's played a million football games, you know, he's not a Spencer uh, Rattler type talent. He's not a Caleb Williams type talent. You know, he's a really good player. And then for him to lose all those guys and to elevate all of the guys around him and to make the plays and make the throws after getting knocked down and whatnot. I mean, I was really impressed. You know, it was Savion Williams. Uh, and then you know, we saw a whole lot of Gunnar Henderson, right? I know he's he's been a target for them as well, too. You know, a battle, get a couple catches. I mean, they just had guys all over the place. You know, Trent Battle is just a freshman for them. And he saw some you know significant playing time out there. Finally found Jared Wiley late on in this game. For him to step up, to elevate the game, to do it. And you could see the, uh, not the relief, but just the sense of pride and victory. It's, it's Sonny Dykes and Max Duggan shared after the game. And I think Max, you know, I believe he was hugging his father. What a great embrace that was. To hear people talk about Max Duggan is really interesting. Like, you know, the the idea that, hey, he lost the starting quarterback job. And it seems like, you know, wherever that competitive fire was, whatever whatever kept him on track is actually buried deep inside like we all think it is. Because whenever you hear him talk, it's never like I was angry and I had to prove it. It was always just about staying ready. It's always about the team. You ask him about the college ball playoff rankings and he's like, I actually had homework. I wasn't watching. You know, he wasn't, you know, looking at extra motivation about them putting TCU too far down. He's really this compelling character. And it was funny to see Rattler go off yesterday and Caleb Williams go off yesterday and dug into the game yesterday because these are all three guys that were obviously Big 12 adjacent, both Rattler and Sanders, obviously, you know, in at OU together. And and we saw their talent sometimes when, you know, they – go off to other places. It's gone better for Williams. I think the eventual Heisman than it has for Rattler, but just to kind of think about like these guys we saw all play last year to see, to see Duggan with all the questions we had about him get benched to see Caleb Williams recognize his Heisman potential yesterday to see Rattler have really a lot of struggles and then, you know, have a nuclear game like he had last night and to see Duggan be benched and then be this guy where it's like this complete player all of a sudden is a remarkable uh, kind of change from where we were last year you know, to see this kind of this stuff all play out. But I think Max's is probably Max's story is probably the third most important in the national, uh, you know, kind of story because of the USC going to the playoff and also, you know, uh, South Carolina beating Tennessee. And what a story Tennessee's was kind of just on the way to the playoff. And now they're not obviously, unless something were really to go haywire. Right. But, Max's effort has kept TCU right in this hunt. TCU now has a game at home against Iowa State to ice this thing. And look, they've got problems. They keep playing close calls, but they just do not seem to lose. There was some questionable coaching there at the end of the game, I thought, from Dave Aranda and from Sonny Dykes. Not sure we love the fire drill there, uh, you know, to get Griffin Kell on the field. Who Look, missed a big extra point earlier in the game. 
but it worked and it worked out for TCU. And despite that miss, despite the injuries, despite the non-conversion on a two point, uh, the, the non-conversion, the two pointer, they were able to get the ball back, get the job done, get into range. And um, I just I'm wowed. I'm wowed. And if you go back and listen to the call on television from Jason Benetti uh, and Brock Heward, like that, their reaction was similar to mine. Brian Estridge, who for my money is the best play-by-play guy in, in the Big Twelve. There's a lot of good ones, right? You like Wyatt Thompson, if, you know. If you like Craig Way, uh, you know. If you like all those guys, like fantastic. I think they're really good. John Morris, love them all. We got a lot of good play-by-play guys in this league. I think, in my opinion, Brian Estridge is the best, and his call yesterday was was absolute money too. But just the bill. The bewilderment, the the kind of wonder that everybody's had watching this team. It's not a Cinderella run, though. And I keep saying this, like, sure, it might come crashing down in the end. Um, but these guys are really good. They're like they're just a really good football team, and and, and sometimes really good football teams lose, but this one just doesn't this one has decided to be great and not to give it up in any of those situations, to not give in no matter who is on the field, who is not on the field, what the situation, what the down and distance, what the clock says, what the clock's ticking, and we have to do this. I mean, it's just you know, it, it, like their games are just these, they're on drugs, man. And you, you see the video they tweeted out yesterday, the, whatever it is, you know, bear, just barely MP4. And you're going, it's, it's this ballistic wild ride you're watching. And that's what it feels like to watch TCU football. It's a perfect encapsulation, but this team is there and they keep going and they got a really good chance at 12 and L next week. An awesome chance at 12 and L more on Baylor later on the week. And obviously more on TC later on in the week uh, would keep hammering home. was this tremendous game. And, you know, I think Kansas TCU was awesome. Um, I think I'm trying to think what else was uh, other game of the year competitors. Oh, TCU Oklahoma State was amazing. This this one because of what was involved and what it meant. This was my favorite Big Twelve game of the year. Baylor and uh, Baylor and TCU was my favorite Big Twelve game of the year this year. Um, you know, once again, your mileage might vary. But I think it's of what it was at stake, what the situation was, when it was happening, and the way it ended, this this was the game of the year to me. Today's Locked On Big 12 podcast is brought to you all by Simply Safe. If you've thought about securing your home with home security, but have been putting it off, you'll want to listen up. Right now, Locked On Big 12 listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. This is their biggest offer of the year, and you won't want to miss it. Right now, holiday season, property crimes like burglaries and package theft spike nationally. So there's no better time than now to get Simply Safe. Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system I recommend. Get 50% off new Simply Safe home system at simplysafe.com slash locked on college. Once again, that's simplysafe.com slash locked on college to get their 50% off discount today. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Let's go Kansas State now. They stay on schedule. And what do you mean, Josh, on schedule late in the season here? Well, they need two wins to uh, – they needed two wins. They now need one win to completely ice their spot in the Big 12 title game. Uh, and they got num- – win number one was down yesterday. And what was a really odd game, 14 nothing star, Deuce Vaughn touchdown, pick six, which gets us to 14-0. Then we get a West Virginia touchdown followed by a West Virginia pick six on a, let's be frank, bad Will Howard throw. 
And then Kansas State kind of goes ahead there. I mean, Kansas State ends up scoring 41 points in that first half. What's what's awesome about them, and look, I don't think they ran the ball with unbelievable efficiency yesterday. Deuce was 22 for 67 and a touchdown. Uh, Giddens is, was 12 for 78 and a touchdown. I will say this, though. On the big touchdown runs they hit, like their offensive line execution is bananas. Uh, it's absolutely spectacular to watch how those guys just execute. And uh, the running backs do a great job. I mean, I've mentioned they've had some problems, especially with Martinez. You know, you go back to that Texas Tech game early in the year. Like if they weren't hitting these massive run plays on the ground, they really weren't, uh, you know, it wasn't an awesome wa- offense to watch. It's gotten better with Will Howard, but still like, you know, the explosive running game is kind of where they make a lot of their hay, and they did at times in this game. Uh, but the one thing when you watch Will Howard is the ability to involve everybody else, right? Noel, and this one was particularly a big Malik. It was a huge Malik Knowles game. But you get Senate involved, Wheeler, Brooks, Warner. I mean, this is not the craziest, deepest receiving core in the league, right? But everybody's available. Everyone's an option. Deuce, Giddens, Wheeler, Senate, Brooks, uh, Knowles. You know, they're all, the Warner, they're all available. And he loves to use those tight ends. He does a great job, especially on the, on the uh, you know, outside the numbers. He's really good at getting the ball to those guys. And his arm has gotten better. And, um, you know, I think he's become, you know, he is, I mean, he's got like NFL intangibles. Throwing the ball a lot harder too. 19 for 27 for 294, two scores, INT. Obviously, we talked about the INT, right? And four carries, five, six yards, touchdown. They had the sneak that got him in the end zone. You kind of watch that. I mean, yes, they give up a lot in the run game. And I, I think I was wrong. I, I kind of mentioned, hey, is their offense better off with him and Will Howard because they're going to lose a lot of, or excuse me, uh, Martinez because they're going to lose a lot of that rushing attack? The answer is yes. The answer is this offense is better off. Did Martinez have some superhuman games, especially against OU? Yeah, but. This offense generally is a lot better. What I will say is, as it pertains to playing TCU, um, this one was concerning because Sam James caught three balls and all three were touchdowns. They could not cover him. And they've got better receivers, <coughs> excuse me, better receivers than Sam James on the other side when they play TCU, if, if they play TCU. So there are definitely some concerns there with the secondary about when it comes to Kansas State and their ability to cover. And you see, the, you know, TCU, no matter how many times you sack them, um, they are very, 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 uh, you know, very steadfast in their desire to throw the football down the field. And they'll take those shots. And I think that's something that's a little bit concerning. But TCU is going to have to cover this offense as well. This was a dangerous, dangerous group today. They turn over Garrett Green a couple times, which was obviously pretty big. And then they're able to win this game. You know, it was it was around a two-score game as you know, kind of got in the second half there. And it felt like it was there was never really in doubt for Kansas State. Because they could always pull out some more points when they needed to. But that first half is the reason why, man. I mean, this was it was a weird first half, it was a funner first half. But you know, they end up, you know, 10.9 per pass play. I mean, that's 10.9, basically 11 yards per attempt is pretty awesome. 3.4 on the ground, not as good. But look, that's the thing is they're not just reliant on their running game now. The pass game is such a weapon. Uh, let's talk about somebody's run game. It's really, really good. Bijan does a Bijan. Guys, I, I mentioned this. You know, this was the spot where 
you wanted to use B. John Robinson. He had a bad week last week. Quinn Ewers did not look good at all. And so the best thing they could do here was feed B. John Robinson and get this guy back on track. 25 carries for 200, excuse me, and 43 yards. Losing that voice already. Uh, On the day for him. Four touchdowns. He was fantastic. And also they got Jonathan Brooks the ball in the second half. The freshman ran for uh, 108 yards and two touchdowns. 427 rushing yards and six scores. Um, Jalen Daniels came back in this game and I, I, you know, they wiped off a touchdown early on that kind of got them back in the game because of an eligible man downfield. Didn't love that call, but it would not have mattered. Texas, they were angry. They needed to win this game. And look, maybe Jalen Daniels needed this game to get back to, you know, back into shape just a little bit, uh, just to get himself ready to go for next week for Sunflower. Right. But I think Jason Bean was a better option here because, Texas's defense has been one of the better defenses in the entire league, um, but they do a really good job of stopping the run. And so you're concerned about what that means for a guy like Jalen Daniels, who needs that rushing game to be a part of that kind of all all encompassing offense. So uh, hopefully this kind of helps him getting, you know, moving forward as they make that choice. But uh, once again, Kansas is going to a bowl game. Their season successful. Texas seven and four. They have now guaranteed that they're going to be two games better than they were last year. Quinn Ewers still didn't have to do much in this game, which makes next week's game against Baylor very intriguing. Noon on ESPN on Friday. It's a Friday game between Baylor and Texas. And once again, Texas, you know, if they win this game because it's the Friday noon game, they've got a chance to put pressure on Kansas State. Not that Kansas State's going to feel it anyway. I think Kansas State, you know, they kind of go to the attitude like we got to beat Kansas at home anyway. To talk about, you know, talk about our results or whatever, our push for the Big 12 title. Like we got to be Texas or uh, Kansas at home regardless. Uh, we got to be Kansas at home, you know, uh, for rivalry purposes, for how we feel about our season and how it's moving right now and just getting ourselves into the postseason. Like that's what it's all, you know, that they have to play well anyway. But Texas can apply a little extra pressure, right? If they win this game, they will apply a little bit extra pressure when it comes down to the Big 12 title race. So the uh, the big opportunity for them to do it. Uh, in this game. And Bijan, uh, what amazing player he has a privilege to watch. And I'm pretty excited for Baylor Texas next week. It's an interesting game. You know, we saw Max Duggan had to win the game for them last week. Uh, you know, uh, uh, and I know it's a different situation, right? I, I know the guy in the backfield for Texas a little bit better, you know, than the situation at TCU, especially with Kendra Miller out. But I want to see that Baylor defense press, uh, press some buttons and try to get Quinn Ewers under pressure because, it's weird seeing Texas at seven and four and a chance to go eight and four and potentially even in the big 12 championship game. And right now, you know, their quarterback who was decent yesterday is that biggest question mark they have right now, right? That's, that's the biggest question mark they have, despite the fact that they absolutely railroaded Kansas yesterday by a final score of, uh, let's see, is 55, 14. Uh, also, I didn't mention the final scores across the board, 29, 28 for, uh, for TC over Baylor, Kansas state, 48, 31, Texas 55 to 14. Let's go to Bedlam now. Oklahoma rules Bedlam once again. Um, this this Oklahoma State team really has fallen off. And once again, I know they're injured and whatnot, but 
That defense does not look good. Spencer Sanders, I know he's injured, but had a really bad game. But it just shows you, like, if he has a bad game, their day's over. Uh, 381 yards. He threw, he threw the ball. Guys, he's, he's injured. He threw the ball 67 times. Oklahoma's run defense has been horrible this year. And this was their best game. 35 carries for Oklahoma State. 103 yards. Okay? And they were not able to run the football at all against what's been a horrible rushing defense. Ninth in the league, I think. And only behind them is KU. Uh, Sanders throws four interceptions, obviously trying to force things, felt the pressure. So good job, Oklahoma's defense. If you're OU, you got to feel frustrated. You have to be really frustrated because this, this defense was capable of this or some version of this at different points this year and was not able to display it, not able to show it, right? In this game, I mean, look, guys, th- this was really close to being a one-score game late in the game, right? Uh, you know, their offense, like there wasn't this like some magical offensive day that Oklahoma had. I mean, all things considered, you know, 434 total yards, and actually Oklahoma State outgained them, but four and, uh, 434 total yards, and also one for uh, 14 on third down. Like, this Oklahoma offense was not great, but Oklahoma State gave them four extra possessions, and they were always going to win that game if that was the case, right? It was always going to win that game. This offense, still for OU, not at peak efficiency, right? But Oklahoma State just, I mean, the mistakes for them, and the poor play at times for them has really just killed the back part of this season. And, and this game was Sanders. It was on Sanders, right? But there's not, it was not going to be a better result than the other guys in there. It's just a team that's young in the wrong spots right now. Then that back end's injured. They're, they're young in the back end. Their linebacking core is not as good as yesterday. They have multiple guys up front who are missing, right? Their quarterbacks banged up. Their running backs banged up. They're using a couple freshmen yesterday at that running back position, right? That's, uh, you know, yesterday we saw uh, Sanders, Nixon, Johnson, Gordon, all getting carries, no Dominic Richardson. And so there was a variety of guys who have to get the, get the ball for them, but they just cannot run the football. It's just not been their bread and butter at all. They've not been able to incorporate that. And so they have an injured quarterback last week who had to play Superman the previous week who was doing interviews this week with ice on his shoulder and, you know, not able to – I mean, I thought they'd run the ball somewhat. Throwing the ball somewhat. And also, I feel like plus seven and a half might not have been the wrong call here. Once again, despite those four turnovers, you know, they had a chance to tie the game up near the goal line before another standards turnover happened. So it wasn't like Oklahoma State was totally out of this game. It was a weird one. It was a weird bedlam. It was hard to make sense of. But in the end, Oklahoma is going bowling. And right now, uh, that's big for them just to get more practices because, good Lord, does this team need them. I don't think we're going to see many guys, you know, uh, off this team be able to go to the next level, go to the NFL, especially if some guys had some designs, but I'm not sure they could. Uh, you know, some players, yes, Eric Gray, I think we'll see you later on to the next level, as he should be. Fantastic season, uh, you know, for him this year. But the other guys, uh, you know, I, I, there are a lot of questions for them. Obviously, this offense needs to be more refined at certain times they want to, you know, get this thing working where it needs to be. But Oklahoma state's been a confusing team. Great effort from OU in this one to get Bedlam back. And there's a reason why Mike Gundy might want to keep playing this game. Today's locked on big 12 podcast is brought to you all by the folks at Nissan. Nissan has teamed up with locked on podcast network to present a new series. We call it thrilling moments. Every single week. I give you guys my favorite thrilling moment from the big 12 weekend. And normally I give you one or two, or I'd normally give you actually two, but today I'm going to give you guys one. There's only one for the past weekend. It is Griffin Kell's game-winning field goal, and he's having one heck of a year. 92% on the year, 12 for 13 on the season is Griffin Kell. 
his game winner against Baylor with time basically running out, you know, with the clock going down, him icing the game, winning the game, the walk-off to keep TCU undefeated is your thrilling moment. This segment has been brought to you all by the Thrilling Designs, featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in an all-new Frontier, Armada, or Pathfinder today. Available now at NissanUSA.com. Texas Tech, we'll wrap up real quickly here, uh, is going bowling. They yank out a, what, 13-play, 77-yard drive led by Tyler Shuck in the end of this game on the road to go and put themselves in the Big 12 championship game. Big 12 championship game. In, into uh, a, a bowl game, excuse me, postseason. 14-10. to 10. Final score in this one, but uh, Iowa State not going bowling. They in West Virginia right now. The two teams that are not going to be going bowling, uh, you know, so at this point in time, that is what's, uh, you know, left there. Those two teams are out. Everybody else is going to be heading to a bowl game this season. We got the eight in, which is exciting and fun to see. But Tech gets the job done here with a late, awesome drive. Zach Kitley getting that ball into space, getting those guys rolling downfield. And once again, we saw it. I mean – you know, there are going to be some conversations about Iowa State and about Matt Campbell, guys. And um, I think we have to understand at a, at a place like Iowa State, like when you lose that many guys, and don't get me wrong, their defense has been awesome this year. But when you lose as many guys as Iowa State did, it's nearly impossible like to, to reload and restock and maintain and keep going. You know, Kirk Ferentz seems to do it at Iowa. But like Iowa State still isn't at that Iowa level yet, right? I mean, Iowa State or Iowa was in games recently. You know, they've been to Rose Bowls as of late. They have been to uh, they've been in Big Twelve champ, Big Ten championship games with a chance to go to a college football playoff in the last you know 10, 12 years or so, right? And so like that that is not something that is happening a whole lot at Iowa State. And so if you want to talk about Matt, Matt Campbell, the program builder, like he's done a great job. But you might throw a four and eight, five and seven in there right now because look like Hunter Deckers sounded really good and it was not very good. And the running back situation there is not very good. And their, you know, their offensive line has been good. And they got one good, uh, one awesome wide receiver. And their defense, I mean, you know, the, the defense holds Texas Tech to 14 points, 246 total yards of offense, three of 13 on third down, 6.7 yards per passing play, 2.8 yards per rush play. They they forced a turnover and won a turnover battle. They gave their offense the ball for 36 minutes and five seconds, and they still lost the damn game because the offense is not there yet. And this, this is something that happens sometimes. Is this a bad season? Yeah, but it's still Iowa State. And like these are going to be thrown in there. I totally expect for them to come back next year and be better than this. But some of these are going to be thrown in there sometimes when you had that good of a team the previous year. So don't panic too much. To finish up, Joey McGuire and company, great job reaching a bowl game with the quarterback carousel, the injuries they had, and some, you know, some kind of unsure thoughts about what's happening on the defensive side of things. For them to do this, it was very, very, very impressive for them to fight their way into a bowl game for their defense to mostly do it in this game as well. And uh, once again, another 100-yard receiving game uh, for Xavier Hutchinson. But, you know, Texas Tech, like in year one for Joey McGuire, for them now to have a chance to win a seventh game, maybe an eighth game, that is a really great place to be. And I think Tech is in an awesome situation here, um, you know, as they kind of come down the stretch 
And uh, also, I'm not sure about like Matt Campbell punting in the end of that game. Uh, I don't know how much, how much time was left. It was a fourth and 15, but like, do you really want to give the ball back to them? I'm not really sure it's the best spot to do it. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, it's just me. But um, yeah, Texas Tech going to a bowl game is a big accomplishment in year one. Chan- they're going to have a chance to win at least seven games, have a winning record. That's awesome for year one, especially considering I think they're going to hang on to Zach Kitley unless some other job comes open that really, really wants him. I think they're going to be able to kind of keep that defense going in the right direction. I know they're going to lose Tyree Wilson, but the offense too is going to improve. That recruiting class is looking pretty good for Texas Tech standards right now. They're going to have a chance to keep bringing in guys and keep building things at Texas Tech. This is a very good start and a big win, and also a chance to get win number seven against outgoing power, uh, well, not really power this year, but outgoing team in Oklahoma at the end. All right. My voice is hanging on by a thread. So that will do it for today's show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LOBig12. You guys can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Hopefully the show will be a bit more organized and my voice will be back and I won't be freaking out later on in the week. I apologize for that. Uh, but please make sure you guys subscribe to the channel. Let us know what you guys think in the comments section. Until next time, my friends, as always, stay safe.